Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. I pray it's not the bishop. I pray it's not the pastor. I thank God for uh, for the fivefold ministry. I really do. But why would I lower my standards to be like a man when I can be like Jesus? We cannot stop until our lives exemplify the character and nature of Jesus 24 hours a day. I must be like him. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. It's so good seeing all of you together again. So glad to see you. So glad to see you all in the house of the Lord today. So glad to see you. Welcome our online community as well that are joining us from all around the world. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Wherever you are from all around the world, just thank you so much for tuning in. I know the Lord has a rich and relevant word that will change and inspire your life. Welcome. Let me tell you some things that the Lord's been dealing with me about quite a bit lately. This is what I've been hearing in my spirit. Stop looking for the rapture. Stop looking for the rapture. For the rapture. The rapture will definitely occur. There's no doubt about that. The snatching of the snatching away of the church will definitely happen. But before the Lord comes for his body, he's gonna come or he's going to appear through his body or in his body. Before the Lord comes for his church, he's going to come in his church. He's going to reveal himself within the church. He's going to walk in power and in great authority. The Lord Jesus is not going to come again the second time in another earthly ministry in his physical form like he did before. No, he's not going to do that. Now he's going to appear in his body. He's going to appear in a people that will be led by the Spirit that will walk in power and authority. Let me tell you again, before the Lord comes for his church, before he comes for his bride, before he comes, he will come in us. He will reveal himself to the world through his body, through his body. That's the next thing that's on the clock at this time. That's on God's time clock, if you will, on the, on the calendar, on God's agenda, that he will come through his body. And as we've prayed many times, that the world would not see us, but that they would see Jesus through us. That that they would not merely hear us, but that they would hear Jesus through us. They wouldn't merely feel us, but they would feel Jesus through us. And when we go into a particular place, the Spirit of God will be so much upon us. That you may not need to lay hands on anybody. You may not need to say anything to anybody. Because the Lord is going to so inhabit that place because he arrives there in you. You are the vessel. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to begin to show himself strong to this world. But right now in our culture, many I would say churchgoers or saints are weak. Weak. We experience 
the weekend church. Those that only worship on the weekend. And they're also, the church has also been weakened. The weekend church mostly only worships on the weekend. Are you hearing? How do we know? Because there's a lack of hunger for more of God. There is a lack of pull on the anointing of God. They just want to be comfortable where they are. They don't want you to rock the boat. The weakened church, the weakened church has a weak mind. They're filled with weak-minded people, weak-minded folk that only want one thing, to be comfortable. You'll find that in some places, and I have even said this before in the past, and my God, I thank you, Lord, for repentance. I've said in the past, you need to make time for the word. While that is the correct sentiment, it is not a correct statement. You don't make time for the word. Your word, your life is the word. And you make time for everything else. Christ must have the preeminence in everything that we do, in everything that we are. We're not making time for God. Our life is him. We are one with him. There is a difference. The weakened church has no strength of character, no self-control, nor are they led by the Spirit of God. That should not be you. There must always be a hunger for his presence. This bears witness for me saying this one more time. In a true master-disciple relationship, in a true master-disciple relationship, the disciple endeavors to be like the master. The disciple endeavors to eat what the master eats, to exercise like the master exercises, to pray like the master prays. A disciple studies the life of the master that he may become like the master. But in our weakened state, we no longer have Jesus in view. Now we just want to be comfortable. Now we want to be better than everybody else. I'm better than her. I'm better than him. And we have relaxed in that position. And it has made us weak. If Jesus is not our focal point, if he's not our focus, then what are we looking on? What are we looking at? What are we or who are we striving to become like? I pray it's not the bishop. I pray it's not the pastor. I thank God for, uh, for the fivefold ministry. I really do. But why would I lower my standards to be like a man when I can be like Jesus? We cannot stop until our lives exemplify the character and nature of Jesus 24 hours a day. I must be like him. 
when you see him, you will endeavor to become like him. Your goal in church is to become like him. Your goal in life is to become like him. Study his life. Jesus said, learn of me. Study his life. Study his word. And the relationship that you have with his word is the relationship that you have with him. Let us be not deceived. There is no such thing as I love Jesus, but I don't love his word. Jesus and his word are one and the same. If you love his word, you love Jesus. If you love Jesus, you will love his word. You must focus on him and what he has done and what he has caused. Focus on Christ. Now let me show you with you some things in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17. We'll walk here just for a little while. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, very familiar text of Scripture. I'll lay the foundation of something. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Say, I am new. I am new. It says, All things are passed away. Behold, what? All things are become new. You're going to have to stand firm on that. Believe that. Now, when he's talking about all things become new and new creature, he's not talking about your body. He's not talking about your soul. He's speaking of you spiritually. You now have a new spiritual condition. The part of you that is seated right now with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. He's speaking of your spirit man. Your spirit man. Say with me. My spirit has been made new. My spirit has been made alive in Christ. My spirit. This is what he's talking about. Your spirit man. Now, as we go further, we understand this. And let's go to Colossians, the first chapter, Colossians, uh, first chapter, verses 21 through 23. Let's talk for a brief moment about your spirit condition, about your spiritual condition. And why is this important that you know your spiritual condition and you hold on to the faith of that? Because you will need to talk to God. You will need to pray. You will need to seek his face. And the devil that is also spirit will come against you spiritually. He will come against you. And if you don't know your position in God and how God looks at you, then the tauntings and lies of the adversary will get all in your head. And as they say, it will make you feel some kind of way. And you will stop praying because you think that you're not worth anything. Let's look at your spiritual condition. It says here in Colossians, the first chapter, verse 21, it says, 
and you that were alienated, that were sometimes alienated, and enemies where? In your mind. In your mind. Now we'll hold up here just for a second. Your spirit man has been made new in Christ. Your body has not changed. And we pray right now, even for the body, that your body's getting younger and younger every single day. The soul must now be saved. The soul must now be renewed. The soul, you will find, is the battleground of the adversary. Your soul. It says again, verse 21, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now had he reconciled. The word reconciled means, there, means to bring back into a state of harmony. God has reconciled you, talking about your spirit condition. He has brought you back into a spirit of harmony with himself. Own that. You are now, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are now and will always be throughout eternity in a state of harmony with God. You have to say amen. That is true. That is so. I am in harmony with God. Regardless of you sinning last night, last week, regardless because you didn't make yourself in harmony with God, therefore you cannot take your harmony with God. You didn't produce it, therefore you cannot take it away. Because this is something that God did to you. You did not do it to yourself. So the Lord reconciled you to himself. Verse 22, in the body of his flesh, in, that is in the body of Jesus Christ, uh, through death, to present you, now this is your spiritual condition, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Now, let me break you in on a, on a little bit of a, uh, maybe something that is not well known. God's eyes are better than a microscope. Some, some of you may not have realized this. He's better than the uh, greatest forensic department than CSI. When God looks at you, he sees everything. Nothing is hidden in his sight. So when God looks at you and makes a judgment, that is what it is. Look at the completed work of Jesus in you. It says, in the body of his flesh, verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. The word unreprovable means something that cannot be called into account, something that cannot be accused or unaccused. In other words, when God looks at you through the eyes of God, when he looks at you up and down, left and right, round and back, front and back, he sees no fault. He sees no evidence of wrong being done. Own it. 
When he looks at you spiritually, your spirit man, God sees no evidence of wrong being done. That's the perfect work of the blood of Jesus. When God looks at you, he sees no evidence of wrong being done. Not the first part of your life from the beginning to the end. The blood of Jesus was so perfect, so perfect in cleansing, so perfect when God laid upon Jesus your iniquity, your sin. It was all of your sin from your birth to your death. Everything that you would ever do wrong was laid upon the body of Jesus. Jesus bore your sins completely and he took your sins away now when God looks at you he says unblameable unreprovable there is nothing missing nothing broken in you own it so that when your accuser comes to you and says that you're less than nothing you must have the word within you that will speak against it I know what the blood has done for me. I was reconciled to God, put back in harmony with God through the death of Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Not my own works, not my own righteousness. It's all about Jesus. Own it. That is who you are. You often hear people say, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And we think that we grieve the Holy Spirit because we may have missed an, missed an occasion to talk to somebody. Maybe that may be kind of part of it, maybe. But the true grieving of the Holy Spirit is when we disagree. When he said, Jesus has sanctified you. He has cleansed you. And we go, oh, maybe not. Own your spiritual condition. I wonder if somebody would own it. See, the, the strong church owns it. But the weak church still debates about it because they look at who they are and what they've done. We've spent too long looking at us. We must now look at Christ because you will become like what you see. You will become like what you see, what you focus on. You will become like this. Looking at yourselves only means that you become more like yourself. That hasn't changed. You must focus on Christ. The Lord said that you are unreprovable in his sight, unblameable. You are holy. Own it. Say, I am that. I am Verse 23, he says, if ye continue in the faith. What faith? The faith that he just talked about. If you continue in the faith, rooted and settled. You got to be rooted and settled in the work of Jesus in your heart. Rooted and settled. It says, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. What's the hope of the gospel? We just said it. The finished work of Jesus. Don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. 
Let's look at Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 10, verse 14. Hebrews 10, verse 14. I want you to see this. This is your spiritual condition. This is the condition of your spirit man. You can't find this in the doctor's office. You cannot find this uh, in the exam room, in the x-ray room. And you cannot find this um, in some type of MRI. You cannot find this in an EKG. You can only find this in the word of God. Hebrews 10 verse 14. On this it says... For by the one offering, he has perfected forever and completely cleansed. Talking about your spirit man. He has perfected forever. Say forever. forever. Say with me, my spirit, my spirit is, forever is forever perfect. My spirit, my spirit is forever, forever. perfect. Forever perfect. Your spirit man looks like Christ. It says, for by the one offering he has perfected forever and completely cleansed. And completely cleansed. And that of the Amplified it says, and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified. God has for, perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified. Now, that sanctification process has to do with your soul, the way you think, the way you understand, the way you feel. It has to do with the soul of you. Who you really are is in that soul your thinking, your emotions, that's your control center. Your spirit has been forever perfected, but your soul is being sanctified. Your soul is being transformed. Your soul is being renewed. The weak in church does not focus on the renewal of the soul. The weak in church... If they're truly born of God, surely their spirit man is being made perfect. But they're walking a fleshly life. Living in the flesh. They're living carnal lives. That's why the Bible called them carnal Christians, carnal believers. Living carnally. The Lord says here, especially in his word, don't you know who you are? Don't you know that friendship with the world is in me, makes you an enemy of God or is enmity with God? Don't you know the devil will, will run, uh, um, run over you and, and do horrible things in your life because we have not completely understood? Yes, I'm glad that you got saved. I'm glad you're born of God. But the devil will fight you in your soul. And unless your soul has been transformed, has been renewed, he will run over you and destroy you how many of those people that call themselves saved have committed suicide how many of those that call themselves saved are strung out on drugs or 
or strung out in, in addictions, or strung out to pornography, preachers strung out on pornography and on drugs. How many of those that say that they are saved, the devil has infiltrated their mind, infiltrated their soul with a pack of lies, and because they not, they weren't standing on the foundation of the word of God, the enemy got, got in. They gave the devil place in their soul, in their thinking. And he took over and destroyed them. The battlefield is in the soul. I thank God that your spiritual condition is safe in God. But the battle is in the soul. He said again, your spirit in, in Hebrews 10, 14. I love this Hebrews 10, 14 that uh, he has perfected forever and cleansed those who are being sanctified. That verse alone talks about the duality of the change. He has changed and you are a new spirit, but he is dealing with your soul. You are a brand new spiritual being, but he is dealing with your soul. And the dealing of the soul has to do with the word of God. Has to do with the word of God. Let me show you another spiritual condition. Let's go. We're going to come back to Hebrews 14, 10, 14. It says here in verse number, uh, let's go to Ephesians, Ephesians 1, uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, blessed be, this is Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where is heaven? Heaven in the natural or is heaven in the spirit? He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. What part of you will enjoy the spiritual blessings? Your spirit man will enjoy those spiritual blessings. And when your soul grabs a hold that I have received this spiritual blessing and your soul agrees with what is happening in the spirit, your body would then be converted and transformed. Never underestimate the power of a thought. A single thought can kill or a single thought can heal. Never underestimate the power of a thought. The, a single thought can turn you against somebody that you love. A single thought can cause you to hate someone or to walk in fear. Oh, what if this happens? A single thought. Never underestimate the power of a thought. That's why the Lord says your mind must be renewed. Your mind must be renewed. Your soul must be renewed in the spirit of God. It must be renewed by the word of God. You must live on a constant diet of the word, a constant diet of the flesh of Jesus. You must dine on this flesh and drink his blood. For only then will your soul be uplifted out of this world. And you will operate in a higher level and in a higher dimension and not be confined like a normal man. Only when your soul has been renewed. But I'm saved and I, I go to church. I go every weekend. You're one of those weekend church people. One of those weekend church people. 
We don't, you probably still try to do your best to make time for God. And again, I understand the sentiment. I've said it, God help me. But I learned that Christ must have the preeminence. It is not making Jesus a part of your life. He has to be your life. He must be the center of your world. He must be your world. Ephesians 1 verse 3 it says again blessed be the blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual uh, blessings in heavenly places in Christ verse 4 according as he hath according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be what holy and without blame before him in love. In Christ, you are holy and without blame before him in love. It's time for us to let go of the old paradigm that this changes on the basis of whether I am good or bad. We have to let go of this paradigm that the work of Jesus, the work of Jesus is not nullified because I sinned. The work of Christ, the, the holiness and the blamelessness that God says that I have is not dependent upon whether I don't smoke, drink, snort, or sleep around. The word of God is still true. When God looks at me, he sees holy. He sees blameless and the devil wants to keep you in the false notion that God is always changing his mind about you the devil is trying to convince you that God is truly bipolar every time he looks at you he always sees something different and it's a lie from hell when he looks at you, his word is constant. God is consistent. He is light, and in him there's no variable of changing. There is no shadow. Once he said it, that settles it. It is forever settled. Now, the problem is the weakened church, again, Things that your state with God, your condition with God changes on the basis of what you do. I know God loves me because I have prayed all week long. I know he loves me because I come to church every single week. I pay my tithes so I know God loves me. And I know God doesn't hear my prayers. I know he won't hear my prayers because I haven't come to church. I, I know he won't hear me because I, I don't give an offering. I know he doesn't hear me because I cuss. I know he doesn't hear me because I do this and that and the other. Is God bipolar? Is he always changing his mind? Is the blood of Jesus that weak? Is the salvation of God dependent upon you? 
Or was it truly a miracle, a work of God that God sent his only begotten son into the world to die for sinners to secure our salvation forever that all who would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life based upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Somebody please tell me the truth. Is God really looking at me and when I'm good and then he loves me? When I'm bad, he hates me? Is that what the Bible says? Then we need to stop acting like that. Stop acting like the weakened church. I'm accepted. Say with me. I am accepted in the beloved. Jesus has made me acceptable. His blood has made me acceptable. In the presence of God, I am always acceptable. I am always favored. I am always justified. I am always redeemed. His blood is just that powerful. We cannot be a part of the weakened church or the weakened church. It is the word of God that settles us. It is the word of God that keeps us. It is the word of God that roots us and grounds us. Our spirit man is perfect in the sight of God. But again, our souls must be saved. Our souls must be saved to the glory of God. Our souls must go on to perfection just like our spirit man has done. You cannot leave your soul behind. Again, Hebrews 10, 14. Let's look at it one more time. Again, for by the one offering he has perfected forever and cleansed completely. I love the way Amplified says that. Perfected forever and cleansed, or, or rather completely cleansed. He has forever perfected and completely cleansed. That is a, an eternal state of being. And you are now being sanctified in your soul. Right now, you're being sanctified in your soul. Now, how can we be sanctified in our soul in this time? Let's go to John 17. John, the 17th chapter. When the Lord talks about being sanctified, he's talking about to render hollow or to declare holy. It means to separate from the profane things or from the evil things and dedicate to God. To separate from one and dedicate to the other. We would joke so many, many times uh, if there was food on the table and something good. And I, I grew up with my brothers. I have one older and one younger. Yes, I am a middle child. Somebody said that explains it. <laughs> when there was food on the table and we would, when somebody wanted to eat something, we would sanctify it for our use. We would pull it away from the hole and sanctify it. How would you sanctify it? We'd lick it. 
And if I licked that hamburger, if I, if I licked that candy bar, it was forever sanctified mine. Immediately, it was mine. And the others, ooh. They withdrew, immediately withdrew their claim because I had sanctified it with my DNA. All on it. My DNA sanctified it. And the others withdrew. Ooh. They no longer wanted it. They no longer desired it. God has sanctified you through the DNA of the blood of Jesus. He has forever set you apart from the profane and has brought you unto himself. And the devil goes, ooh. He desired to have you, but he cannot because God has forever sanctified you. And now he just sort of sits on the side and says, you and they ain't no good anyway. You don't like it. You don't like it. I don't want that anyway. I didn't want that candy bar anyway. I don't want that nasty stuff anyway. That show is good. Mm-hmm. The show is good. I don't want it anyway. I didn't want it anyway. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Forever sanctified. How are we going to be sanctified? John, the 17th chapter, John 17, verse 15 through 18. Let's look at this. It says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So many powerful statements. Verse 17 says, "What? help me read this. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. One more time. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. One more time. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Into the world. You have been sanctified, set apart from the profane unto God. You must say amen. And it is the word that continually wash your soul, that continually pulls you out from the world. The more you allow the word to have preeminence in your life and allow it to wash your soul, it is forever pulling you out. You are being made sanctified. When you Present yourself before the word. You study the word. You read the word. You hear the word. Every time the word is presented before you, your soul is being sanctified, is being pulled up higher, pulled up higher, pulled up higher. But if we neglect the word, we neglect life. We become weak, a part of the weakened church. To neglect his word is to neglect life, is to neglect strength. 
You must be a student of the word. As we go back to the beginning, as we're about to close, remember the true master disciple relationship is when you look to the master to be like him. You hear his words. You follow his instruction. You endeavor to do. If this is a master of kung fu and you say, Master, I want to kick my leg up there high like you, but when I do it, Master, when I stretch, it hurts so bad. Keep on stretching, son. Keep on stretching. Keep on stretching. You're going to get there. Keep on stretching. Keep on kicking. Keep on kicking. I can only get up this high. It's all right. Keep on stretching. Keep doing what I'm telling you now. Keep on stretching. Keep on kicking. Keep on. Woo! Keep on kicking. Keep on. Eventually, you're going to get there. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. I have the goal in view, the mind in view. I want to have the mind of Christ operating in me. Now, this is why. Ephesians 4, we're going to begin to stop here. Ephesians 4, this is why the Lord has given us the fivefold ministry. Look at this again, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, or rather 11 through 13. Now, this, the fivefold ministry, will not give you your complete diet. You are not meant to spoon feed every weekend just. A message. The fivefold ministry points you in a certain direction. Hear what is said because when you're going in that direction, as the Spirit of God is leading, as the Spirit of God says, take the church this way, take the congregation this way, feed them this word. And as you receive those directions and then you begin to move out in this direction, the Holy Spirit will feed you more and more and more and more and more as you go out in that particular way. But if you neglect to hear what the spirit is saying then you're simply lord what's the word 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 what are you saying what are you saying what are you saying God gives Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 11, it says, and he gave some, Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the what? Perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He said he'll use them to set you on a certain path. Use them to set you on a certain path. And it's just not in the church building. I heard about the testimony of two sisters that went to a conference. And the Lord had a certain amount of conference speakers there that set them on a certain path. And they both testified, boy, I feel bold now. I feel confident now. Now, surely they could have come to that realization on their own sometime past. But why allow the Lord didn't set up that way for you to have to struggle and struggle and struggle when he prepares a meal for you? Why not come to the table and eat? 
Why not eat? Well, there are many in the weekend church that may not come to the assembly. I can do it my own. And that will curse the assembly. Surely the Lord is faithful. Surely sooner or later they'll get it. But why not come and be a part of the body? You may be a good toe, but when you feel better being a part of the foot, when I see a severed toe out there somewhere, you pick it up, surely that's a good looking toe. But you wonder, who does it belong to? It doesn't look healthy, as healthy as it could be if it was on somebody's foot. You look around, is there, some, is there an auto accident or something around here? Do I need to get a cup of ice and take this to the hospital? Tell the police, I found this severed toe. Somebody is missing this toe. Toes just don't grow on their own, you know. Find the body. Find where you fit. Find where you fit. There's an old commercial, and we're going to stop here. The old commercial that said, if you can't get help here, get help somewhere. And I will not be offended if any of you say, Pastor, it's... I feel the Lord telling me my word is at church ABC. Now I will pray over you and love you. In Jesus' name, if you need me to write your letter, I'll write your letter to church ABC. If that's where you feel that God has put your word, then please go to church ABC. You got what I'm saying? Praise God. You got what I'm saying to you? You're in the last days at this very moment. At this very moment, people are literally dying at this very moment people are literally dying at this very moment there are mothers and fathers praying for their children's life at this very moment and you hold the key you hold the key you know God. He lives in you. But if we're all wrapped up in us, they say, come and pray. But our first thought is, man, I, I don't know. I did this last night. God may not hear me. Is God schizophrenic? Is he bipolar? Does he always change that much? Or is he truly constant? Is he truly consistent? Is he truly the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? His thoughts concerning you does not change. It doesn't change. His understanding of you is perfect. He has a perfect understanding of you, a perfect revelation of you. It is perfect. He knows you through and through and through. And still he says, I love them. I accept them. 
And because of the blood of Jesus, he looked you over and all the way up and down and said, there's nothing wrong with you, nothing missing, nothing broken, faultless. There's nothing in you that can be accused. But the devil tries his best to steer your mind, to steer your soul in another direction, away from the infinite, away from the eternal, away from God. We must say amen to him and no longer make time for God. No longer make time for his word. Don't make it. Let your life become it. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word you've given us today. Lord, I pray today that we would continue to exemplify the character and nature of Jesus, that we would accept who we are in you, accept who we are in Christ, and believe that, that we would stand firm in the faith and be grounded and be settled in the work of Jesus. That does not change. And I pray, Father, that we will be renewed in the spirit of our minds, that our souls would be changed and transformed, that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we would hunger and thirst for your word, that our soul may continue to be sanctified, continue to be perfected, that we would have a perfect soul. That we would exemplify the character and nature of Jesus in everything that we do. Because, Lord, we know it's all for your glory. Not that we'd be better than anybody else. But Lord, that you'd be glorified through our lives. And that this dying world would see Jesus revealed in us and through us. Lord, we pray, and that is our prayer. Allow this world to see Jesus in us and through us. Allow this world to eat of the fruit of righteousness that you have produced in and through us. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We agree not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Have your way. May we all find our place in you. May we all find where we fit and grow in that place. And become all that you called us to be. Lord, we thank you. For the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance, the infinite chances that you've given us. We thank you that you have favored us. Thank you through your one offering. You have forever perfected us and cleansed us. Through the precious blood of Jesus. And we thank you that you are right now saving our souls from the hell that's on this earth. We thank you, Lord, that you use us as an example, as a witness for Christ. We're depending on you, Lord, and we thank you for hearing our prayer. For this is all a work of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, and it is marvelous in our sight. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
God bless you. See you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.